Hey, this is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Through the power of our own conversations with drifters, customers, and special guests, we'll learn how to deliver a sales and marketing experience that puts the buyer first. Let's get into it. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Sammy. How are you doing? I am doing great. The sun is shining. I had a wonderful walk to the studio today. Saw a lot of dogs in Boston Common. Oh, that's the best. That is definitely the best. Really puts a pep in my step. Definitely. And, you know, when it's winter, anything to brighten my day, especially a dog, is just the cherry on top. It really is. Did you do anything fun this weekend? Hmm. Well, I call my mom every Sunday just to check in from the week. So I was doing that. It was a good conversation. But then my dad called me separately and asked me all the same questions again. And, you know, I love talking to them both. It's always a great time. But telling the same stories twice back to back is pretty tough. It is tough. Definitely the second time I was like, well, I told mom that I went to the store yesterday and I bought this. And he could definitely tell I was getting a little annoyed. But I was like, can I just either talk to you both at the same time or you guys like talk to each other before you call me back to back? That is so funny. My parents actually get upset when I text one of them something, but I don't text the other mm. one. But I'm like, you guys are in the same home. I just assume that you both communicate yes. what I'm saying to you both. And my dad has an Android and my mom has an iPhone. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to put them in a group message. No. I can't get the green text. Yeah. that's And then if you're a green text, you don't get like the ha-has or like you mm-hmm. like a message. It's It's very inconvenient. Yes, the reactions are very important. Yes. (laughs) And I think that's a good segue into today's guests and what we're going to talk about. We have Trent Mosley from our sales organization and Jacqueline Van, also known as JV, from our customer success organization. And we're going to ask them some questions about how they communicate together. Yes, I'm so excited to have them both on. They are legendary in the Drift company for how they work together. And I'm really interested to hear how, like, their secrets to success um, with all the sales to CS handoffs, because they're so important. As we said, no one wants to repeat themselves. And customers are just like me talking to my mom and dad. Definitely. All right, let's jump into it. JV. Trent, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you both. And this is our first duo guest episode that we're having. So very exciting. And I'm really excited to talk to you both today. Thanks for having us. Of course. (laughs) JV and Trent are OG drifters. They are legends in the office. And I very much so look up to them both. So Trent and JV, can you please... Introduce yourself and what you do at Drift. Trent, we can start with you. All right, I'll, I'll get things started for us. I'm Trent Mosley, Enterprise Account Executive over here at Drift. Man, OG, oh, uh, yeah, I've been here for almost three years now, which I mean, I feel like that definitely qualifies as OG in any startup tech world. Um, so joined Drift about yeah three years ago, came from a mind body where I actually helped implement Drift there, fell in love with the product, the company. Um, you all have great recruiting. So obviously, Poach Me came here and 
it's been a, a, a wonderful ride ever since. Awesome. And JV? Cool. Well, Jacqueline Van, Enterprise Customer Success Manager at Drift, also here for just over three years. So we feel old now, Trent. Yeah. But uh, yeah, came over from a company called Jebit where they had implemented Drift a little bit as well on their own website. And DC actually came and spoke to our team over at Jebit. And I was just kind of fell in love with the Drift vision and, and hyper growth ever since. I love it. I love it. And if you you know, haven't been paying attention to their introductions. Today, we have Jacqueline from Customer Success and Trent from Sales. And at Drift, we talk a lot about the marketing and sales relationship and how important that is. And it is so important. But I also want to shed some light on the customer success and sales relationship, because at the end of the day, you have to have a really smooth handoff process. And there's so much communication that goes into that. So I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about how the two of you work together. Well, it really starts obviously on my end. Whenever we we get a new customer, we sign that deal as a company. Uh, that's when it really starts off that relationship. Jacqueline knows I am very adamant about making sure my team is very well informed on like everything that was discussed in that sales cycle, what to expect for this customer, uh, really making sure we're setting the proper expectations you know, not only post-sale, but making sure we're aligning with that post-sale as well. So, you know, from the get-go, we sign that customer. Jacqueline knows I, I'll slack her right away. Like, hey, looks like you just got another one of my customers. Get ready. Going to send some notes to the entire team. Uh, and it really, we start hitting the ground the second that contract is signed and making sure we're aligned for the business and the customer right then and there. Um, Jacqueline, I'll let you, you, you take over what that looks like on your end because I'm sure I don't know what it looks like from you all. If you see a slack from Trent again, you're, Oh God, here we go. He's going to send over all his notes. So, uh, I'll kick it off to you. What, what that experience is like on your end from, from the beginning. Oh, it's so much fun working with Trent, especially his notes are legendary within the CS department. Like they're just so thorough. They're, they're pretty long, which for us is helpful because we just want to get as much context as we can. And of course, we record our calls at Drift through Gong. So we're listening to Gong calls, certain snippets. But with Trent, a lot of that's just already in the notes for us, which saves a ton of time. So as a CSM with a full book of business, like that's super helpful. And then, yeah, it's so funny because I usually get assigned to the account. I get the alert from Salesforce into my inbox. And pretty much about the same time, I get a Slack from Trent, like a ton of emojis, like super excited. <laughs> so it's just like, it's always a good feeling to know that like it's someone who's that excited about the customer they just closed and how they're going to bring their context and everything that went on during the deal process over to our initial results call um, and really our initial review call as well. So yeah, that partnership is great. Definitely a lot of emojis. Yes. <laughs> Emojis are a really big thing at Drift, and I always feel like I have to tell the new hires what certain emojis mean. Um, so yes, definitely big into emojis. So I want to lean in a little bit more to what Trent said earlier. So Trent signs a new customer. Amazing, right? We hit the gong, the virtual gong. We send emojis in Slack. Yay. What does that workflow look like, JV, from when you get assigned that customer? Can you walk us through a little bit more? what those notes are and then how you transfer that to, let's say, that first call with the customer? Sure. So when I see those notes, I think the things that are most helpful, first and foremost, are like a bit of an org chart. So who was the champion that Trent was working with at the customer that really helped get the deal across or champions? Who's going to be using Drift from like a power user perspective in terms of building out the playbook, setting up targeting, really being in the weeds in that perspective, usually from the marketing side? 
And then what's the sales team's build out? You know, how many reps do they have? You know, who's going to be using Drift first? What are, what's important to them? And then just hitting into like, what are their goals like from like at least a high level? Trent usually gets a few layers deeper, which is always really helpful too, in terms of having more specific and quantifiable goals, which has been great. But then also just carrying that forward into the kickoff of like, hey, what are what if any concerns came up? You know, what if anything should I be aware of just so I know I can speak to that and address that with a customer um, during the kickoff call and beyond? Yeah. And that first kickoff call, that first conversation is so important to both of you really are trusted advisors throughout this process. And we talk a lot about from a marketing perspective, personalization, but it goes through to sales and to CS, the show me, you know me, right? If you get onto that kickoff yep. call, it's a really bad look for us if it just looks like we didn't really do our homework. Oh, can not agree more. It's, it's, it's horrible if you have to feel like you're asking something that someone's likely said many times before. And fortunately at Drift and Trent especially, I've never really felt that way. You know, it's nice to come in feeling really informed. And I think the customer certainly appreciates that as well. Yeah. And Trent, I mean, compliment from JV, legendary notes, legendary in the CS org. That's amazing. She's the rock star. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're both rock Everybody, they're great. They are great. (laughs) So Trent, how are you thinking about in the sales process, what it looks like once you sign that customer and pass it off to someone like Jacqueline? Are there any tips you have for people in terms of thinking about the long-term health of the customer? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, for me, I think it starts very early on. um, And I actually phrase it in my evaluation for the customer. Whenever we're going really deep into things, I always call it like, hey, I just want to make sure we're aligned here for actually implementation, your onboarding team. Like, I might be digging deep into these questions, but it's not more so for my sake of, oh, more discovery questions. Like, no, I want genuine alignment for the business. So post-sale, we actually stick to our word on what we say we're going to deliver. Like that's the most important thing to me is making sure like my name, my brand is attached to my integrity is attached to everything. And that's why I go so deep into the notes for like Jacqueline, the CS org. I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to slip up here any point on alignment on what we said we're going to promise, what we're going to deliver, who is involved. So let me just give them everything and anything that they need ahead of that kickoff call so we don't have any mishap on alignment. And it's, you know, like I said, it starts early on in discovery, understanding the business problems, the key stakeholders, what we're looking to accomplish, timeline to go live, setting the proper expectations there and carrying that over not only from the beginning to the end, but post-sale as well to the to the team internally on everything that was discussed months in advance. Yeah. And I'm sure that's great for JV to go back to and gong and just look up alignment in your calls. And then yeah. he'll be able to see everything that you've talked about with the customer too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Alignment, sure. goals, KPIs, like all of those search terms really, really helpful. And then I, I think it's true because like people are so excited, I think, when they close with Drift and when they get on that kickoff call. And Sammy, you mentioned this earlier too, that first impression on the customer org side is so crucial because we want to keep all that positive momentum going forward. So that's something with that added context. It just makes it so much easier to be able to execute on that. And so you've both been here almost three years or maybe more than three years, which is great. So I'm sure you have seen Drift and the sales and CS relationship change over these past three years. 
Jacqueline, can you start us off in just walking us through how that's changed and what are some mistakes that happened when you first joined that you've now sort of remedied? Sure. So it's changed quite a bit over the my time at Drift, so just over three years. It started out when we would typically work directly with the AE who closed the opportunity. And at that time, there were different types of plans at Drift, different size customers that we were working with. We've since segmented a bit. So we think just due to the high, like the, the more variety, I guess, uh, you know, the, and more people involved, that got a little bit more challenging because I think it all comes down to communication and being able to have those clear conversations around this is the customer. This is what's most important. This is what you might want to ask about or double down on and move forward. So we didn't always do, I think, a great job of that, but we've got it's gotten so much easier over the years. And I think in terms of mistakes that we've overcome, I had one instance on a call where a customer, where I'm talking about something that was really exciting, it was ABM, it was Marketo list targeting, and they were loving everything I was saying. And then we left the call and then the AU was like, oh, well, they didn't get that plan. And it was like, oh my gosh, like that's so embarrassing. So he had to jump in and, and he owned that conversation, which was good. And they eventually upgraded, which was nice because hopefully I, did, I sold them a little bit on the first call. But I just felt so bad. I was like, oh, that's so awkward to set that false expectation, which you can really avoid just by having clear notes like trends or just by having those things ahead of the kickoff and really post kickoff as well. Yeah. And Trent, from your perspective, how have you changed the way that you have communicated what happened in the sales process to the CSM? Yeah, no, I, I think I think back to like my first week at Drift and my first ever deal, uh, Jacqueline referenced my notes. I remember that first week, I was still sending very in-depth notes like that because I was traumatized from a past company of customers churning and always feeling like, oh my God, this is my fault. Like I didn't set the proper expectations. I didn't communicate well enough for my onboarding team. I didn't do the, and just really owning that. And I think that's what resonated over when I started here at Drift. I was like, okay, no longer would that ever happen. I don't want to put my customers in a bad spot. I don't want to put anyone internally in a bad spot. And I think it's funny because that has grown so much before early days at Drift, it'd be, you know, account manager, and a CSM, right? Now we have playbook optimization special, professional service engineer, CSM, onboarding manager, all these different people, yet we still have to make sure that alignment's there. So it's, okay, now it's playing project manager internally to make sure we do everything that's right for the customer, setting those proper expectations. And although it has changed you know, from the early days, more so about the amount of people we're working with, the process has still remained the same. You know, making sure early on, sending those in-depth notes, making sure we have alignment, and across the board, making sure everyone's on the same page. It's funny enough, before we we didn't have these pre-kickoff conversations. Now I don't sign a customer where I send the in-depth notes and we still internally sync before that kickoff call to really make sure that we're aligned. And I don't think there's any other way to paint a better cohesive customer story um, than making sure we have that alignment. Yeah. Alignment and setting proper expectations from just everyday life. I think we can all agree that there is just nothing worse than having expectations that were set totally improperly. It goes down to so many business experiences too that I have had that I know so many people just in their general day-to-day life, whether it's business to consumer or um, B2B that they've had. And we talk a lot on this podcast and just generally at Drift about customer experience and making the best customer experience possible. And I'm curious, Trent, 
in your sales process, how are you thinking about creating a really conversational and good customer experience? Really? I mean, it's funny. You hit on it right there. The biggest thing about customer experience to me is communication and setting the proper expectations. And when I think about that is, you know, if I reach out to you, it's okay if you don't get back to me. I think of it from my instant and I'm reaching out to a vendor and I have a question. If you don't get back to me instantly, that is fine. I get it. Everyone's busy. People have different jobs. I have a job. I have a life. I have a family. I have a puppy. I'm busy. But communicate with me that you will not be getting back to me instantly. Set the proper expectations. If I'm not going to get back to you in 24 hours, I'll get back to you in 48 hours or be even better than that and get back to me instantly, right? Um, so I think the communication and expectation setting is the biggest thing about customer experience, you know, across the board when, when working with different vendors, businesses, B2C, but not only that, like relationships, um, the experiences you have with people. It's all about communication and expectation setting. Yeah. And we're lucky at Drift 2 where we get to eat our own dog food, where we have our Drift bots, where if someone's not available, we get to drop yep. the calendars and you know have automation take care of it. And I love what you said about relationships and really focusing on relationships. And I'm curious, Jacqueline, from a customer success side of things, how do you foster those relationships and continue that great customer experience once Trent, once Trent has signed that customer, emojis have flown through Slack, and then you get to work with them? Oh, I, I love that piece on relationships because that's the, the best part of the job, right? Like working cross-functionally internally and with your own team. And then also we get to work with some really great customers too. So I think what I've seen, of course, it's nice. And what we really drive towards on the success side is, is showing ROI. So through the playbook strategy, we're going to make sure that we're advising people per best practices to get the most out of their drift investment so they can kind of continue to grow with drift over time and see more value over time. And that said, there, there are, of course, going to be some hiccups along the way. There could be a bug impacting their account. There could be other stuff going on. And I think it's just showing that whether they're chatting with support they're on a call with their CSM or onboarding specialist. They're on a call with Trent post-sale and he's checking in on how things are going. That we're just showing that across the Drift team, we're a united front to put the customer at the center of everything and really just do whatever we can in our power to give them a better experience. So I think that's that ongoing commitment really resonates with our customers. I think they see that human side of it. And I think that's really what's helped our customers really trust us and us to be able to trust them too. And then what I love too is when folks like when we do show success, and some people even get promoted just due to the work that they've put into Drift and, and what Drift has been able to drive for the broader org. Like that's the most validating thing I've seen. That is absolutely the best when you see your point of contact get promoted. What, a, what an amazing feeling. Like you've helped in so many ways, not only business and increasing pipeline, but also that individual growth of that person. It is awesome. And it's all the customer too. I mean, it's them kind of working with Trent to get the deal across and kind of sell that internally. And then showing that commitment, you know, as we get on onboarding calls and beyond to keep doing things with Drift and not setting anything and forgetting about it. So definitely that continuous effort has been great to see from our customers. Yeah. A unified front. That is definitely what I'm going to take away from this. And that, like you said, Jacqueline, it goes from sales, CS, our support, our professional services team, everyone making sure that they're fostering that relationship and putting the customer first, putting the buyer first. Speaking of unified front, what are some big hurdles that you feel like the sales and CS relationship just in general 
has to overcome. Trent, I'm going to pass this one over to you first. Yeah, I I think in thinking of it, I think the biggest hurdle starts with what one of the main topics we've been talking about is communication and expectation setting, right? Uh, I think there's the stigma, right, that salespeople just try to sell anything or tell a customer whatever they want to hear. But at the end of the day, it's not like this is a sell it, here you go, I'll never talk to that customer again. And I think that's the biggest problem there is, is we need to make, it's having that alignment, right? And making sure that communication is there. Um, the hardest hurdle to overcome is making sure you don't lapse in that communication and that relationship you have. Communicate everything was, if you messed up and owned it and didn't mention something or told the prospect something that you found out wasn't correct or accurate, maybe it's not in beta, you need to let your team internally know this as well so they don't fall on their face and they're setting the proper expectations, right? Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, I messed up. You're right. We do... we. We were in beta. We're no longer admitting this to the general public. Uh, that is on me, Jacqueline, team. I let them know we were doing this. We are no longer doing this, right? It's all about the communication and expectation. It, it's so funny because like, it's so simple, yet it's, it's one of those things I feel like so many people struggle with. Not just that drift, any salesperson I feel like it's one of the biggest hurdles is making sure they have that great alignment with their team internally and they're communicating enough. And I laugh because like, sometimes I wonder what does this onboarding team think of me? Cause I'm constantly picking them before calls, after calls, during calls, post sale, everything. Jacqueline knows like I, I'm always pinging them, but I'd rather over communicate and make sure I do overcome that hurdle to make sure we're aligned for the needs of the customer versus under communicate. You never hear from me. Uh, I sell it and don't even slack you to say, I'm excited to work with you. Right. It's all about the communication aspect. And I think that's the biggest hurdle. We as salespeople and CS teams and post-sale need to communicate to, to ha- or need to overcome to have that alignment together. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is ownership. Yeah. Over communication. Oh, yeah. And then that will all lead to that unified front. 100%. 100%. Spot on. And JV, from your perspective, what do you feel, just in general, from a sales and CS relationship, what do you feel like the biggest obstacle is that you face just being in CS? Sure. I mean, I think it's kind of along the same lines of communication. And, and I would even take a step of saying, like, that's any jobs, like out in tech industry, outside of SaaS. Like that's anywhere. So I think it's really easy if you get notes that you're not satisfied with to kind of complain in your head, like keep it internally and be like, oh, you know, I I, didn't like do anything or they didn't document anything (laughs) and keep it to yourself. But then you're doing a disservice to yourself because you're going to have to ask all of that of the customer and to the customer too. And then I think especially if someone potentially is newer, they didn't know that that's the process that we have or they hadn't seen Trent's amazing examples of of notes in the past. Like there's a great coaching opportunities cross-functionally too. So I think being able to to kind of empower yourself to say like, hey, like, you know, did you have an answer to this question? If not, just let me know and we can double down on that on the kickoff or after that call. So I I think that taking those extra steps is is helpful. And it can be hard sometimes to feel like, oh, I'm just badgering somebody about a deal they closed a month ago. I'm asking all these questions. But I think as long as you're communicating why you're doing it, you know, it's really on behalf of the customer and why it's so important. It's so we can be aligned and move forward as that united front. Then I, I think that could be really effective. 
Yeah, I I love that. We the name of this podcast is Conversation Starters. And when we think about conversation starters, a lot of the times we're thinking about sparking those conversations with customers, starting those conversations with buyers. But internally, having those communication and those conversations between each other is so key to create those other conversations with your buyers and your customers. Just as important, if not more important, right? Mm -hmm. Jacqueline and Trent, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've learned a lot and I'm also very inspired by the relationship and communication that the two of you have um, and hopefully everyone listening to this will over-communicate and continue to have those conversations internally. So thank you so much. Sammy, Jacqueline, thank you. It's a pleasure. Jacqueline, I'll be slacking you about our EBR for our customer. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in a little Coming bit. Coming up. No, that sounds good, Brian. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sammy. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Sammy. Wow. I love the JV and Trent dynamic. They're just both two truly wonderful human beings. And I loved hearing them talk too. I loved hearing them talk and I loved hearing how much they celebrated each other and each other's work. And I think that's very important in a sales and customer success dynamic. Yes. It was very much like Oprah, you get a compliment, you get a compliment back and forth. That was like we're playing ping pong here. But I loved it. And I loved the focus on over communication because that's definitely something I lean into and Trent and all his notes. I also think it's important to have notes versus just a conversation because like I write everything down. So Trent seems to be catering to like every aspect that can make a CSM successful. A lot of what we talked about today is also very relatable to any cross-functional dynamic and relationship. Having strong communication, having a unified front and taking ownership, which is one of our core principles at Drift and is just so helpful in any relationship. Yes, I agree. I think it can be seen throughout the entire company. And we'll probably hear about it next week when we actually have a special episode featuring product marketing at Drift. I am so excited for that. We're going to have Aurelia Solomon on, who is our director of product marketing. She is so knowledgeable and really a master in her craft. I can't wait. So make sure to tune in. Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six-star review by clicking the link in the show notes. And hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sammy Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcasts.